All right. And this is the second episode of the Cousins Soccer Podcast. I am Clark. And I'm Hector. We're going to go over some more more soccer stuff. So we'll we'll jump right into it today. Uh so the MLS is back tournament. You know, we had some fun stuff happen, I guess over the past few days we had Philly playing Portland and Portland as much as I was saying they kind of look like a train wreck, but their new designated player Sebastian Blanco is his name, I think. Looks mm-hmm. looks legit. That guy is absolutely popping off. Yeah, I mean, I think that was a uh, we got a classic Portland situation here, where, like you said, they look like they're in trouble. They look like they got their issues. They've got quite a bit of injuries right now, but time after time, again, they just find ways to to get the results they need, and you know, now they're in the final. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was really I was really uh, impressed with Blanco's performance. Um, I hadn't gotten a chance to watch them too, too much mm-hmm. uh, up until that point. But I remember, I mean, I saw highlights. I saw just, just uh, people writing about him, talking about what a good job he's done and just praising the signing. And, uh, you know, he he ended up being the difference maker in that game now. So if he can arrive, you know, get them to silverware, even if it is just this little tournament, you know, that's going to set a very good impression for, for the Portland fans going forward. Well, speaking of making a difference, you're talking about two guys for Orlando that have absolutely been popping off as well with Nani and what Perea, I think his name is, their other new designated player signing. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, those Nani, I've, I think last episode, I was talking a little bit of shit about him. <laughs> um, but, you know, he, he looked, last game, he looked like the best player on the on the pitch and also, you know, proved it this time by scoring two goals and then just impacting the game all over. Yeah. I mean that, that uh, Orlando Minnesota games probably for me, at least, you know, uh, a matchup of two teams that I did not expect to see this far into the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Minnesota has had their, their struggles over time and Orlando, even to a larger extent, extent you could say just because how large their expectations were when they came into the league. Um, but with their new coach, it, it really does seem like their their play style is actually fun to watch. They're getting results. Um, like you said, Nani, you know, he's I think he's like 33, but mm-hmm. clearly still has it at least for a league of this level. Um, I think they're going to give Portland tough game. Ultimately, I would pick Portland in that matchup just because, you know, they've been there before and it wouldn't shock me to just see them once again grind out like a 1-0, 2-1 win. But I I have been very impressed, unfortunately, as an Atlanta United fan, uh, by what Orlando has been able to do so far. Oh, completely. Um, And talk about, you know, those two teams. It's like, you know, they play tomorrow, the 11th, and it's like I – didn't have either of these teams making it anywhere near to the end here. So, you know, I obviously had LAFC, Columbus, maybe duking it out, but that obviously didn't happen. But now we're going to see these two teams that, I guess Portland's obviously won some silverware and played in the Champions League, but this is huge for Orlando because it's like, if they win this, this will be one, the first thing they've 
done that actually matters, and they get a Champions League spot. So we'll see if they can continue that form throughout this. But yeah, it's pretty pretty nuts. So who do you got in that game? I think I'm thinking Orlando right now. Uh oh, I think. So do you, I I think. Uh, sorry, I think the audio just. Oh, yeah, you're back now. Okay, I'm back. Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, I said, uh, who do you think Who do you think might win that game? I'm thinking Orlando at the moment, but you know, I'm, I'm going to sound wishy-washy here because it's like, you really, I don't know. This is such a weird tournament, the formatting of it, and just Portland is Portland. <laughs> right. I think um, if, if, I, if you asked me to pick today um, – I'm likely also going to take Orlando. I think Portland, they, they've played well so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've got a solid team overall. I think the injuries are probably going to catch up to them at some point. Um, and I think they're running into a, a team that's just in great form right now with Orlando. Because Portland, you know, they, they're, they're pulling out some wins. But Orlando, the, the road to get here... I mean, taking out LAFC, sure, they don't have Carlo Vela, but they've got plenty of talent left behind him. So um, I just think Orlando right now, they're just, they're in a good place. Their players are performing. They've got health on their side. You know, they're missing Dom Dwyer, but at this point in his career, I think that that might be to their benefit. I mean, sorry to roast him like that, but I think that's just the reality of it. It's Uh, true. So I, I would pick, I would pick Orlando. I think they're, they're hungry for that first real impactful moment for the club. And like you said, if they win, you know, they get a ticket to the champions league, which I know a lot of people think that's just a place for MLS clubs to go get, you know, rocked when they have to travel to Mexico. <laughs> but um, the, I think the gap is, is getting thinner between the two leagues and any, t- any chance you get to play at like an international stage like that, you've got to, you know, go for it and take advantage. Cause Ultimately, that's something that you can then sell to um, to young players that are coming to your academies, to mm-hmm. incoming transfers. Uh, any any kind of global eyes on you are just going to make it easier for you to kind of then appeal to players on a just a larger international stage. So, you know, I think I think Orlando is going to pull it out. Um, I'm going to be rooting for Portland. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but uh, I've got. I think Orlando. I think I'm feeling Orlando. Two Portland one tight game though Orlando pulling it out in the last few minutes. Man, yeah, I hope I hope Portland can do it, but yeah, I'm seeing the same thing. Orlando looks way way better than I expected them to. So once that ends, you get what a week or two until MLS starts right back up. Yeah, I think I believe I saw that uh, the the opening game is going to be that um, the two Los Angeles clubs, correct? So it's like, I know at least Atlanta United's first game's at the Benz on August 22nd. And And that's confirmed with no fans, right? Yeah, so the Benz is doing no fans. What's interesting is some teams are allowing fans in their stadiums. So you got like FC Dallas, who didn't go to the tournament because of, you know, COVID. Um are going to allow 5,000 fans into their stadiums, masks required, of course, but still, it's like, why why take that risk? I feel like it's just unnecessary. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, I, I have to agree. I think it's unnecessary, and, 
you know, they can take all the precautions they want, but just the optics of it, they, they look like you said, it's, it's one of the clubs that had, that was essentially kicked out of the tournament because of this, uh, turning around and then being like, all right, let's get people in the building. But, you know, fingers crossed that doesn't turn into an issue. Uh, I'm personally glad Atlanta's just going with no, that just seems like a whole another th- distraction and a, and a whole another issue to have to worry about right now. Plus, a stadium with a capacity of what seventy something thousand people. Mm-hmm. If you could only let in a couple thousand, I think it's just going to create a really awkward atmosphere in the stadium anyway. Oh yeah. Um, so I think it's it's probably even just beneficial uh, for the teams to just roll with it with no fans for now. Play it safe, you know. Sure, you're forfeiting some extra revenue there but ultimately it's going to be better for the league in the sense that you're not going to have to worry about articles being written every single week about your team the second there's one case or some you know hopefully not but some sort of uh large spread event at one of these at any sporting event not just mls but be it nfl if they lend fans and anything else um, that's just going to turn into a whole PR disaster for not just that team, for the entire league. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm excited to have the, have the game, like the more typical regular season back. I think Atlanta opens up, I believe, against Nashville. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they'll be playing them twice. Their other four games are going to be two against Orlando and two against Miami. Uh, I know we just talked, we just praised Orlando, but, you know, Atlanta tends to have you know, good, a good streak going against them. Hopefully, hopefully the break, hopefully a chance to, to regroup and maybe Orlando comes home a little cocky. I think it could be actually a good chance for Atlanta to kind of turn around their season after what was a really terrible MLS tournament. Do you think they'll uh, get a coach by then? You know, that's two weeks time that they might, you know, maybe if they get a coach next week, they could have, you know, a week or so with that guy, learn his ways a bit, and then kind of continue from there. So if you had asked me that question uh, last week mm-hmm. or two weeks ago, whenever uh, FDB was fired, uh, or I mute, they mutually parted ways, whatever they called it, um, mm-hmm. I think I would have actually said, yeah, they're going to have a coach by the uh, – a permanent coach by the time the, the season starts back up. Just because it was a couple weeks – seemed like just the situation where you'd, you'd have a quick turnaround. Uh, now today I'm a little more doubtful of that. I don't think it's a good or a bad thing. I think Atlanta um, we've had considering how, how little the club has existed for, I feel like having what is going to be now our third coach is quite a bit of turnaround on those. So it wouldn't shock me if, Atlanta's kind of thinking more of a long-term decision here. Maybe try to find someone that you're not just bringing in to right the boat, but actually take hold of the club and, you know, lead them for be it four five years, maybe even longer. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't have a coach yet only because I think they're going to try to nail some, after this terrible signing, I, I think they're going to try to just be sure that who they're getting isn't just going to be a short fix, but rather, you know, a long-term build that, that goes with the, what the club was founded on, which was that, you know, high octane attacking soccer, uh, you know, that doesn't mean you have to get a coach that doesn't care about defense, but 
this uh, the, the identity of the club what really gripped the fans was that really fun style that even if you didn't necessarily pull out a win that day you knew you were going to be entertained it made it worth your time to to watch them to go to the stadium whatever it was uh, and that's been that's been lacking for a while now so I, I think I, I wouldn't be shocked if the interim coach gets gets some time. You never know. He could end up surprising everyone and being the answer long term. I don't think True. he will. I think I do think they're going to end up bringing someone in from the outside. But I do think it's going to be a little bit of a longer wait than I originally anticipated. Um, I guess the other thing we're waiting on is potential transfers still. Um, I don't know if you've heard anything anything else recently other than the uh, – I know last time we spoke, we had uh, recently signed Jurgen Dom, and now uh, a few days ago, Cubo uh, Torres was signed, assumed mm-hmm. to, I guess, fight for the starting striker position. You think? I don't think fight for it. I think he, I think he might be a placeholder. Because I mean, if mm-hmm. you look at just his previous stats, he wasn't like lights out at Houston. Was it FC Dynamo? I think it was. It was Dynamo. Yeah, he played at Dynamo. He wasn't lights out there. I don't think he was really lights out in when he was in Mexico or for what Club Tijuana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 he hasn't really been um, the designated player type caliber level guy uh, for a while. Maybe he could bring that back. Who knows? Uh, I don't. I don't think I couldn't see him replacing Joseph as that number one guy because this Joseph's when he's healthy, even when he wasn't healthy, it's like he can make an impact on the field. I mean, last season towards the end of the year, you saw him hurt, clearly injured of some sort. We didn't know the extent of it, but still was able to score some fantastic goals and just be a complete boss on and off the field because he's Joseph. But yeah, I don't don't see him maybe being the... I think he's more of like a a short-term solution to hopefully you know, until we get to Joseph. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you're probably right on that. Uh, he might come in and be the starting striker for the rest of this season, at least because mm-hmm. no one else seems to want to win that job or maybe no one else is capable of it. But I agree. I think um, I'd be shocked if he was on the roster after this season. Um, it would have to be some sort of insane performance from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see, you know, hopefully – at this point, anyone with any life is going to help Atlanta at the striker spot um, while Joseph is out because I know he was placed on the um, season-ending list, season-ending injury list, so we won't be seeing him till next season. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think Atlanta has any intention of staying put and just saying, you know what, pack our bags, nice try, we'll see you next year. Like, I think they're going to try to still go for – try to win whatever competition they still have left this year. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe Torres comes in and just provides a few goals here or there and kind of brings some life into the club. I know the other transfer that uh, we're hopeful for is the um, Jonathan Gonzalez signing. Mm-hmm. Um, still haven't gotten any confirmation on that. There's been some, some rumors of a Spanish club uh, being after him as well. But I think that that could just be some extra noise because, um, you know, th- things seem pretty set from both the uh, Atlanta side and the Monterey sources as far as um, his future. I know 
in the most recent or Monterey had been bringing him in as a sub the first two games of the season. And in this last one, he didn't, he didn't come off the bench at all. He traveled with the squad and everything, but um, he wasn't used as he regularly was as the first uh, defensive option off the bench. So I, I think uh, once that transfer window opens on the 12th, um, hopefully, you know, with that, on that same day, we'll be getting news of his, his arrival in Atlanta because he would definitely help fortify our midfield going forward be that be that's that one of the starters that kind of you know cements himself in the team that would be really nice i know we're seeing with eric lopez when the really young dude that i guess atlanta united two signed that he says he'll be loaned out to the first team and when at least when he was signed on he was told that he would start and be playing, making an instant impact, wouldn't be, you know, playing for Atlanta United 2, would be an immediately on the first team. So we'll see what kind of magic they do to get him to actually be able to play for us, you know, consistently and not just, you know, here and there. But, I mean, I don't know much about him. I don't think really anyone does. He seems like he has, hasn't had too much first team experience from what I've understood, he has a few appearances here and there, a couple goals, maybe an assist. And if he can make an impact, that's, that's perfect. I don't, anything is better than nothing. So, <laughs> yeah. And I agree. The MLS rules are so just, I mean, they, they're, they're, you have to decipher so many different things and there's so many numbers that you don't have easy access to um, with a player like Lopez and the, what he was saying about signing with that club, but then being loaned here. I am just like, you know what? I'm going to almost pretend like he's not on the team. And if one day he's in the 11, awesome. Yep. That's kind of how I've thought about it. So yeah, the MLS will be back. They're going to be doing groups with each, I guess, region, I guess, you know, it's what it seems like. So they'll be doing a groups where they'll play, you know, six matches amongst themselves. And I don't know how it will go after that, but I guess we'll wait and see if after this, you know, trial run of a few matches of a home and away, how that actually works. Some places with fans, some don't. Who knows? I mean, it's it's that's all it's a whole thing. Yeah, I'm just excited it's back at this point. Yep. No, I I am too. And same with you know, we got to see this weekend uh, the Champions League. We got to yes. watch some pretty good games. You know, uh, Man City playing Real Madrid. That was a solid matchup. You know, it, it didn't quite play out how I thought it would. It wasn't quite as close as I think I was expecting. It was almost like Real Madrid looked a bit like rusty or just not ready for uh, the game at all. I don't know. You know some yeah, of, I had some the of the same... mistakes they made were just like, what? what? Come on. Right. Dude, yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I had the same kind of reaction to that. Both of the Man City goals came off of pretty horrendous mistakes by the Real Madrid def defense. And um, I mean, I guess I, I, I would have picked City to advance, but I just expected a little bit of a tighter performance mm -hmm. there from, from Real Madrid. I don't think there was much to to take away from it because, um, like you said, it wasn't the, – the game was less – was not as close as the score showed, the 2-1 score. Um, I thought City had – control the match for most of it but um yeah i 
I expected a little bit better from Zidane's side. I was actually pretty surprised to see them come out so shaky. Um, but, you know, City's run continues now to see if this is finally their year. And on the flip side, first time uh, Zidane loses a Champions League as a coach. I so. mean, that's, that's, that's absolutely nuts. <laughs> this guy has been absolutely unbeatable in the, I guess, most prestigious tournament other than the World Cup. So that's yeah. pretty nuts. Um, they play Leon, who beat Juve on aggregate. Ronaldo still scored a banger, of course, but you know Memphis Depay with his uh, penalty, and the, I guess the previous game they played brought them through. So, yeah, they um, that was another game that I would have I would have picked Juventus in that one to advance, mm-hmm. especially. Uh, when I saw Ronaldo, I know I believe the first goal was a penalty. Second one was that shot from outside the box with a left-footed two. Um, when he scored that one, I was just like, okay, the third one's going to happen soon, and Juventus will go through. And then it just never came. Mm-hmm. I know um, Paulo Dybala subbed on, I think, in like the around the 60th minute, and he had to come off about 15 minutes later with an injury. And you know, I think he, I was, I don't know if he had if there was something that flared up that he already had going into the game, which would have explained why he was a sub and not, not in the 11, but you know, I think they were counting big on him to kind of bring that energy off the, off the bench and maybe help create that third goal. Um, So I, I do think they were a bit unlucky with that. Um, But you know, Leon played a, a good game. They showed up, they did enough. They did what they had to do to get through. Um, So you know, kudos to them for knocking out one of the best teams in the in the in the tournament left. Mm-hmm. And speaking on Dybala, I think I'm like ninety nine percent sure he won Syria like Player of the Year or something like that too. So it's yeah, that was probably a pretty big blow for him to be, you know, taken out of the game after being subbed in. You know, you're expecting sure. one of your playmakers to come in and make a big difference and only be in for a few minutes, kind of throws a monkey wrench into your your plans definitely and then that oh man the barca napoli game i thought that was going to be a great game it just turned into me watching messi do messy things and just that goal he scored i still don't know how he did that it makes no sense like you watch you watch the video of it and there's about three separate instances that you think he's about to lose the ball the most glaring one being the one where he's on the ground <laughs> I, yeah, no, that I've, I've watched that one, you know, I watched like a few highlights of it. I watched it live and I'm like, no way he, because, you know, you see him running into two dudes. You're like, okay, like he could split them. Then, you know, the third guy comes in, he falls, he's on the ground and still get, like still has the ball, controls it and then bops it in. You're just like, that doesn't make, like no other player can do that and do yeah, it as casually that's... as he did it. Because it's not like he was like freaking out after scoring it. Because, you know, any yeah, normal I, player would be like, <laughs> you know, he was just like, I'm messy. All right, let's I don't going. know how he got that much power on the shot from the ground. I nope. that And you, you play the clip up, you know, if you cut off the goal and you just show his movement and where he ends up, you'd think, oh, you know, the goalie picks up the ball, it gets cleared or something. But no, mm-hmm. that ball ended up in the back of the net. And, you know, once again, Barcelona, even though they're going through so many um, – through a hectic time right now with their board and everything, they find themselves in the quarterfinals. So maybe Messi will be enough. Maybe Luis Suarez will also, you know, 
give that last extra bit because I think you know he he's probably towards the end of his his peak if he's not if if not already past it. Mm-hmm. I think uh, if if this Barcelona core wants to win a Champions League, this is probably their last chance. So it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to um, to pull it off because they're playing the other team that that, that advanced and had the most. Unless uh, if you're a neutral, the most boring matchup of the entire Champions League so far, uh, Bayern Munich and Chelsea. (laughs) Yeah, that game was an absolute. See, I thought that game was going to get close or was going to be close, you know, but losing Pulisic was huge, obviously, for Chelsea. Um, But I didn't expect, you know, Chelsea to get butt blasted like they did. You know, that's that's really the only way I can even explain it. It's like Lewandowski absolutely popped off once again. I mean, so through both legs of that game, or of that, I guess, series, he scored, or assisted or scored every single one of their goals, which was seven. That's insane. He was a part of every goal. Like, So, I mean, regardless, I think this game between Barca and Bayern will be good, not because Barca is the best, but because Messi is Messi and Barcelona, or in Bayern are... I think they're pretty solid. They're a fantastic team. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more on the Lewandowski stuff. Um, I think last time we spoke, I picked them as the as my team to to win the entire tournament, and it's largely based off the year Lewandowski's having. I think um, him and him and Kevin De Bruyne have probably been my two favorite players in Europe this year, as far as like who have just put on the best performances throughout the entire mm-hmm. season. Um, I think they both just have taken it to new levels and. Funny enough, they're both in the quarterfinals here. I know, um, like you said, Bayern's playing Barcelona. Um, City has Lyon. And then the other four clubs were clubs that, or I guess we're, you know, we're, I'm jumping ahead of myself here because I uh, wanted to touch on Atalanta and PSG. Mm-hmm. Um, they play in two days. That's yeah. going to be the first matchup of the quarterfinals. Um have you seen anything on if Mbappe is going to end up oh, is he actually, being ready for the match? Did they say that he might be? Last, last so, I heard, he was not available. That's the last thing I heard, too, up until I think it was two days ago. Um, in an interview, they were basically saying they're doing everything they can to, if not getting into, get getting him into the 11, if not that, getting him on the bench. I Deep down, I think it's just them... Uh, putting things out there to kind of just keep the idea of, of having to prepare for him. Cause I would be shocked if he's somehow back on the field. Um, regardless, I'm really excited. Even without him, you know, it's a shame that he's not in the game, but even without him, I'm really excited for that game. Cause I think PSG, they're kind of in the same boat with C- uh, city where like they've failed in this tournament so many times now um, that you're kind of thinking like, well, it's going to be, it's going to be now or never at this point with the core that they've got. And on the other side, you have Atalanta, who time and time again have shown they fear nobody. They're going to come out, and they're not just, they're not going to sit back, let you pressure them and all that. They're coming mm-hmm. out to try to beat you like 4-0, 5-1. <laughs> yeah, uh, so it's going to be – I think that's going to be a thrilling game. I'm, I'm curious to see if Neymar can, can pull it off. Uh, and I'm also curious to see if Atalanta's attack can do that against, you know, I have my issues with PSG, but they're still one of the better clubs in the world. So it's going to be an awesome test for that offense. 
I think so. Um, I think that'll be definitely one of the games to watch. And, you know, regardless, it'll be a fantastic and neutral game, uh, you know, to watch as the fan of neither team. I mean, obviously, I'm rooting for Atalanta because, you know, kind of like Atlanta, but also they've been super sick since the restart. So, I mean, you got to root for the underdog. Yeah. I mean, always. And then, you know, the. Leipzig versus Atletico should be a solid matchup. I have really nothing else to say other than, you know, they Leipzig's been uh they've they got a great striker and you know the rest of the team's been good. I don't think they've been really slowing down since the, you know, restart. So, and Atletico also has, you know, what two people on their squad or in their facility that tested positive for COVID, so Hopefully that doesn't, you know, impact anything on the field for any of the players or just the game in general. Yeah, Atletico's going to be um, on top of They've got the COVID thing going on. And then um, I believe I saw a few hours ago that it looks like um, Thomas Partey, the, the midfielder, mm-hmm. um, it didn't seem like he was training with the 11 that are probably going to start. It looks like uh, – Hector Herrera is going to come into that spot, which you know he's a very capable player. Um, he's got a bit. He's not as strong defensively, I would say. Um, so I think that could be just because it's the center of the midfield. It could open up some issues for them. But uh, on top of that, uh, Partey he's got the injury, but he's also being linked to Arsenal lately. So I'm just hoping that there isn't some sort of just cloud looming over them about you know a potential exit while you're playing a quarterfinal game. Um, but Simeon, you know, he's a fantastic coach. I'd be shocked if he didn't have them completely bubbled in, ignoring any sort of distractions like that. Um, I would pick Atletico to pull out a win here. I think uh, Leipzig, like, great club. They've accomplished a lot this season. Uh, I just think ultimately they're running into a team that's that's been there before their coach has shown time and time again, that the, these types of games are his specialty. Um, wouldn't be surprised if their offense as strong as it is, gets a little shut down by, by Atletico Madrid, um, but should be a fantastic game. I think that that one and the uh, Atalanta PSG ones are my two that I'm looking forward to the most as a neutral fan. Okay. I see you're going with Atletico. I think I'm actually on the Leipzig train this time i think uh timo Werner will come out and really do a send do a nice send off for his team before he goes over to chelsea so uh i think i think he might be able to will them or at least do enough to get them over that hump that is atletico because yeah like you said atletico's always they've done it already they've been to the final before they haven't won it in recent history i don't know if they've ever won it um but yeah, I, I I think he might be able to do it, and that team has been pretty good throughout the year. So yeah, and you know, you know, uh, picking teams aside and all that, one of the things I think any any fan can appreciate here is the fact that we're getting one of those games every day from the twelfth to the fifteenth, mm-hmm. and then we're getting the semifinals on the eighteenth and nineteenth, and then the final on the twenty third. So literally for the next two weeks we will be getting seven Champions League matchups, almost one a day. Um, I I can't wait. Like, that's just going to be perfect viewing for me. 
Well, and if and if you're not a fan of the Champions League, you get in between that the Europa League. Um, so you get, I guess, I don't know if they've done the second draw yet because I think they need the other games to go through. But you know, so last, I guess, since last episode, United played Lask and beat them seven one on aggregate. Uh, Lask's one goal was uh pretty funny uh they scored and acted like you know that was the one that sent them through and then only to be beaten <laughs> by i think three more goals it was but yeah they that then you get what wolves versus sevilla that's gonna be a good game that's, that's uh, tomorrow game. yes not sure what time exactly but i know i know that's tomorrow i think it'd be about three o'clock you know we get to see raul Jimenez once again go out there and Maybe pop off, dude has been absolutely on fire. So, yeah, um, and I know they uh, they just missed um, European football through the Premier League table, so I'm sure they're going to be trying to, you know, if they win this, they go to the Champions League. Forget Europa, which is what they were fighting for at mm-hmm. the end. They jump all the way to the top. Uh, so I'm thinking they're going to come out. As, oh, and you know what? I'm actually seeing right here um, the draw did already take place. Oh, okay. They just used the placeholders. Yeah, I didn't know this either until right now. Um, Man, you will play whoever ends up winning um, out of the Wolves Sevilla game. Ooh, now that and then Inter cool. will get the other matchup, which is uh, Shakhtar Sha- against Basel. Mm-hmm. And that Shakhtar versus Wolfsburg game was one of the biggest. Uh, shit shows i've seen in a long time you know it was all over the place and then out of nowhere shakhtar was like you know what i'm gonna score have like two dudes score three goals in six minutes like in going into the 90th minute both teams were down a man too it was nuts it was like i i was yeah i watched that game i was like wait oh is it oh it's only it's one to zero oh two three i like stood up walked away and came back and it's three nil but yeah, that that game was insane. So I see the thing that's funny about Basel though is I can never bet against them because I feel like every year I'm like, oh no, they're not. They won't make it through to the next round, or they're just they're a team I've never heard of, or something like that. I feel like that's always how they come off, and then they end up showing up, playing hard, and getting close to winning, or you know at least making a big impact on the game and making it at least something fun to watch. Yeah, and you know, those two clubs, I think um, maybe I'm not giving Inter enough credit, uh, but I think if you told me you're going to play them if you advance and you're going to avoid Man U, Wolves, or Sevilla, mm-hmm. I would be feeling like, you know, I have a real chance there. Um, so I'm sure both of those clubs are thinking, you know what, if we win this, we've got a legitimate chance to end up in the in the final, which would be huge for either of those clubs. So I think, I think that's going to be... While while neither club has any of my favorite players, it's going to be a game that I'm going to watch because, um, just seems like it's it's recipe for an exciting game. Knowing what they've got ahead of them. Well, not not to beat on Inter at all. I mean, they they did beat Leverkusen pretty uh, convincingly, and then they uh, they won today. Who did they play today? Was that Leverkusen? Uh, t- today was the Leverkusen. Okay, one, yeah, the one yeah, before yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, you got. I mean, you got Lukaku coming off a record season for him. You know, I think he scored 30 goals across all competitions. Um, you got Alexis Sanchez coming on, getting injured immediately, and then, you know, getting off. But, 
you know, that the team is, I think they've, they've perform, outperformed themselves this year. And, uh, you know, they'll definitely be looking to win against whoever they end up playing. So hopefully we get to see a United Wolves matchup. I think that would be, you know, interesting for all sides, just because, you know, that England on England and then, you know, you know, getting to see a team that desperately needs the Champions League spot over a team that's already in is always, uh, because I think Inter might also have a Champions League spot this year too, without winning Europa. So it, it doesn't not mean anything, but you know, you always want silverware. Um, but yeah, that, that'll make those, those games definitely be a little more interesting than the normal. Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously might be speaking too soon here because they still have to play tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think Wolves might be the squad that I wouldn't be shocked if they end up winning at all. Uh, no, just either. because they're they're kind of in that spot where uh, they, they've been tested like this a few times and they every year they seem to be in a better spot. Even though they didn't qualify for Europa through the table this year, I felt as though Wolves was a better team than the previous season. Um yeah. I like, I think, I think it was just one of those seasons where the table was just weird. And um, so I, I think, like you said, with Man U, you know, I'm sure they obviously want to win the tournament. But having Champions League already in their back pocket and on the other side having a club that um, this is like their lifeline, I uh, wouldn't be too shocked to see an upset there. And then, um, I don't know, on the other side, you were saying Inter, they've overperformed quite a bit, I think, or surprised me more than anything. I think when I looked at their team early on, I was like, Lukaku, Alexis Sanchez. Uh, they've got Ashley Young too, right? Yeah, they, they're just Manchester United. Christian Eriksen. <laughs> they, they've got a lot of cast-offs from other teams. Uh-huh. Usually when that happens, it, it especially, you know, older guys, um, it doesn't really work out well. But with Inter, you know, they've been able to harness that and get some good, even Alexis Sanchez, They the fact that they wanted him like yeah, they are still taking blows me away. Uh, I think it tells you a lot about how how well they've managed those players. So, but you know, regardless of who advances here, I think um, that are left play good soccer, and it's going to be they're going to be good matchups. I'm excited to see how that tournament ends up, and you know, more for us to watch right there. I exactly. can't complain about yeah. that. I mean, that's that's really the big thing is how much soccer there is to watch. It's like, please give me more, and then the moment it ends, it all starts back up again. So that's that's the even better part. And then you yeah, got... and you know, and right now, if you're uh, if your teams are out of the competitions, I still am recommending everyone check out Liga MX. It, you'll find some of the most ridiculous games there. Uh, just yesterday, uh, we had Pumas and Juarez facing off around noon. Uh, Juarez lost two players to red cards in the first half. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, and pulled out a one-one draw. It was complete chaos in that game. Uh, you had let me. I'm looking at the, at the oh table my right gosh, now. The stats on that game are insane. Twenty three shots the to six. Half the half the games had players get red cards this 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 match week. So you're gonna get a little bit of everything in Liga MX. Um, I, I, the, the few things I wanted to touch on, just because we mentioned them last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tigres drew 0-0 again. Um, that's back-to-back draws like that for them after coming out with a really strong victory. Uh, their, their squad looks kind of old. They, they went from looking like they were all in sync to kind of just 
out of it a little bit the last few games. Uh, they play tomorrow. This is a Liga MX kind of has the same thing as the Premier League. I guess most soccer leagues in the world where every now and then you'll have a midweek match. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what they do. Uh, Monterey was able, able to salvage a 2-2 draw. And I say salvage because they took an early lead. Um, and then about 10 minutes later, our center back received the ball in front of the goalie. I guess his intention was to pass it out to the right back and completely just didn't see that the other team's striker literally passed it into the striker's feet on in front of the goal. And dude just had an easy, easy goal, tied it 1-1. And then in the second half, that same center back scored an own goal. Nice. So just an absolute disaster of a game. Uh, to give him some credit, though, afterwards, he came out and owned up to it all, basically said, you know, like, can't let that kind of thing happen. Uh, I think and he, he's actually, he's, he's the captain of the team. Like he's not usually the one to make those kind of mistakes. So mm-hmm. I don't think you'll see that happen again this year. Uh, and I'm glad he came out and spoke up afterwards. Cause that just shows that he's not going to be the type of player to kind of let those moments consume him mm-hmm. or also not going to be the guy that's not going to take responsibility for his errors. Uh, but yeah, in I think Monterey, it was about the 89th minute on a free kick. They were able to score a second one, pull out a tie. Nice. Um, so I can't complain too much given given how many things went wrong. Pulling out a draw at least felt like a victory at the end. Uh, but yeah, the, the games start back up tomorrow and then Wednesday again. So if anyone is, is looking for some soccer to watch midweek, you got some right there. If, if only they were easier to find. Yes, that is. I know we mentioned that in the last last episode. It is it is a headache trying to figure out what channel these teams are going to be on. Luckily, I think, and I think this goes for most people. Um, there's a lot of resources online to find yeah. any game you want to watch. Any game you want to watch. There's some. There's a form or a medium to watch it on. Yeah. So you know, I I'll be watching. I'll be tuning into that the champions league. And then in a few, what I guess, 12 days, Atlanta United. Um, it's nice to have, especially, you know, what it looks like we're not going to get college football. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what the NFL does. Cause it seems like they are pretending the virus doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, so in the <laughs> meantime, I'm just glad I've got soccer going and that the, the tournaments that are left and the Mexican league kind of gonna, and MLS are going to serve kind of like a bridge until the next premier league season fires up uh, until then just be following transfer news, all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. There's plenty to be entertained with now. Well, and tomorrow we also got the MLS is back final. So that'll yes. be, that'll be another good one. And then we'll get to, you know, watch hopefully Portland win that. And then that just goes right into you know, preparing for MLS to start right back. Oh, I'm I'm ready. There's so much soccer, so many sports other so than just to football. Be, just to touch on it, we both are saying we're taking Orlando to win that, right? Yeah, but I really want So that Portland means that, that means win. Portland's gonna win. <laughs> well no, see, I, I jokingly said last week versus Minnesota that Orlando would win because every team I've rooted rooted for has lost. So I was like, Columbus is going to win it. LAFC is going to win it. Well, every team I've said, Atlanta is going to win it. Every team is just <laughs> lost. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that magic works anymore. Maybe Orlando's un themselves. 
Yeah, hopefully, I'm I'm still hoping that we've cursed them by picking them on the podcast. Oh, I would oh, hope so. We'll see. Yeah, it's official. Orlando's gonna win it. Wink. <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm winking. Anyways, yeah, that <laughs> Orlando. Okay, well, I think we've covered about all the soccer we can for now. There's yeah. always gonna there's gonna be more next week and the week after that. So, well, we're gonna have a big episode next week talking about all this soccer. There's gonna yeah, there's gonna be quite a bit in the next few days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be fun. Okay. Until then, I'll just be watching what we got coming up and. I know you're diving into it a lot recently too, but playing Fall Guys. Oh, Fall Guys. Fall Guys and Football Manager. I've gotten fired twice. So, Anyone who's listening, if you don't own that game yet, Fall Guys is $20, and it's the most important purchase you can make this year. It's true. It's true. But anyways. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Clark. This is Hector again, and we'll see you guys next week. Yep. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, oh no, I didn't cancel it on the right spot.